When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts. They make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, here we go. It is Miami week. It is a very special week every year, but special couple weeks for Buffalo Bills fans. And this week, just a little bit more special, maybe. Welcome into It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bovey. Matt, the hype is really, really kind of off the chain, I guess the kids would say, but it is uh, rolling down the tracks pretty, pretty hard. And maybe more so for because of the Miami Dolphins, but this game yeah. itself, I've been right reading places say it's the game of the year already here in week four. Yeah, it's crazy. I was thinking about this the other day. It's not the most anticipated Bills regular season game like in a while, just because they've played in so many of them, but I kind of think it is at home. I was thinking about big regular season games that have happened at home. And none of them immediately jumped to mind. Honestly, Miami last year kind of jumped to mind, but the weather was a part of that game, and it was just kind of a weird atmosphere. They obviously sneak out a win. All of these big games that they play with all this anticipation feels like it's on the road. So it's nice to kind of have one of those now in Orchard Park again. You think about all the trips to Kansas City. You think about starting the season on the road in L.A., starting the season on the road in New York. Like There's a lot of big stages the Bills have played on. Most of them, though, in the regular season have not been in Orchard Park. And I think that is a big advantage for the Bills this week. It's You get to play the Dolphins in a stadium where they have not won since Rex Ryan was their coach. And that game ended in overtime because you had 10 players on the field and then Rex Ryan was fired not much a couple days after that basically so I know this is not the same old Dolphins and they're really really good but I do think when you have a close game having home field advantage helps you can find Matt at WKBW TV channel 7 I'm on WGR Sports Radio 550 we're actually recording way earlier than we normally do at 7 a.m and I have to tell you I'm a coffee drinker. I think you caught your coffee drinker, right? Yeah, here. I just made a cup right okay. now. Well, I'm a little mad at you because I can't have coffee this morning. I have to get, I have to get some blood work. So I've had to fast for the last 12 hours, which means I can't have coffee right now before I get my blood work done. 
So I'm oh. at seven in the morning. I have to perk up. This is the only time we do this. I'm like, and I, I can't even have coffee before I do it. Well, that stinks. But what stinks more is going to bed and then at midnight waking up to your baby screaming because she is cutting two teeth, even though she already has two. So oh. that was that was at midnight. And then at 2 a.m. she woke up again. And my wife and I were trying to alternate. So she gets yeah. a night. I get a night. Yeah. So tonight, this was my night. So midnight, go upstairs, you know, like trying to figure out what's going on. And then the next couple hours later, go upstairs again. Now she's inconsolable. So at midnight, Uh, it was let's give her a bottle and that should help. And then at two, it was no, dad, these teeth are just really, really hurting. So now you put Orgel on their lips and their gums to try and make them, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable in hour from two to three of just her screaming in the middle of the night. Then you try and go back to sleep. You don't. So, yeah, I haven't slept. So I might fall asleep literally while we're recording right now. So I apologize if that does happen. Well, I feel bad for you, but I feel worse for her, obviously. So just so you know. Oh, yeah, it stinks. I'm like, <laughs> oh, little girl. I wish I could just take yeah, this no. pain away from you. I know. Thanks. No doubt. All right. So here we are, ready to rock and roll, talk about Bill's Dolphins. And I think you have to start with this matchup on the Miami Dolphins offensive side, the Bills defensive side, because that's where Miami's setting records. They've scored 70 points last week. They're just a machine. They're unbelievable. 43 points a game they've scored so far through three games in the uh, NFL season 2023. Uh, it's just remarkable. Their their speed is incredible. Sean McDermott has mentioned many times about their speed. It's just unreal team speed, he said. The uh, players that we've talked to talk about their speed. I mean, they literally have put together like a track team. It's you could put them out there on a four by one, and they would have the they would win probably against any team in the league. But they might compete with some professional four by one teams. That's how good they are, how fast they are. Um, I don't know how you slow it down. I don't know how you stop it. I should say maybe I think the only thing you try to do is slow it down to make them work a little harder and not allow that speed to just take over the game, Matt. Yeah, they're an incredibly dynamic team. If you've listened to this podcast at any point over the last year and a half, you know how I feel about the Miami Dolphins and especially how I feel about Mike McDaniel. I think he is an unbelievable offensive-minded coach, and he puts his team in positions to succeed, especially on offense. And I think Tua has made significant strides, but I also think Tua is you know in the perfect system for him and he's accelerating that's not to take away anything from him it's just like man the system is so impressive so yeah i think it's a really tough task for the bills i think it's a really really hard game but i also want to say they scored 24 points two weeks ago so the truth always lies somewhere in the middle are they the team that scored 70 points well they did it so good for them but they're not going to do that every week Are they the team that scored 24 points against a much better defense like the Patriots? Okay, they'll probably score more than 24, but they're somewhere in the middle. And I think the Bills defense is a heck of a lot closer to the Patriots in talent level than it is to the Broncos. So I think that for for the Bills, then I always like to think about it as like, what's the number, right? If you know going into this game, the Bills will hold this team to a certain number. Do you feel confident that they win? And for me, it's under 30. I think if the Bills hold the Dolphins under 30 points, you like your offense enough that you should be able to go and win this game at home where Josh has a big day. He's done it multiple times against the Dolphins, and you get a win. I know that's easier said than done, but I don't think they're hanging up 
40 or 50 or 60 or 70 on the bills. I just do not see that happening, even though there are a couple really concerning matchups from the bill standpoint. I just think they're so fundamentally sound and their pass rush is so improved that it will cover up some of those deficiencies. Yeah, we'll get to the offense and what they can do in this game in a little while. But on the defensive side for the bills, watching that offense, Miami, you're going to see so many different things. I talked with some players in the locker room and Sean McDermott about how do you not allow all of the motion to distract you? How are you not all, allow all that eye candy to kind of trick you up? That's what Miami's going to do. They're going to run all this motion, and they're going to put all these guys in different spots, and you, you they're going to want you to kind of react to that. Mm-hmm. And I really like you know the response from pretty much everybody was, you can't worry about that. You just do what your job is in front of you. Like Ed Oliver said, I, I'm not locked in the backfield for all the motion. I'm, I'm concentrating on my job in front of me. Taron Johnson, he's a guy that's going to have to deal with some of that with the way that they move around Tyree Kill. But he said, and, and other guys, but he said the same thing. He said, you know, you just have to play your, your spot. You have to play your job. So I don't think the Bills are going to get like super exotic in this game on defense. That's not what, the, not what they do anyway. And I don't think that would be the right approach to suddenly change that. As you said, they're a fundamentally sound defense. They play where they're supposed to play. They are where they're, where they're supposed to be. And I think that's how they're going to approach this game. I think this is a the thing that's about this game, though, is far different than the first two, but especially last week. Like Sam Howell last week held on to the ball. You had a yeah, chance, and they got to him. Nine sacks. Two right? it is not. Two it is not. And, and that's part of the offense. It's all timing. It's all timing-based, which is he takes the ball, he takes two steps, three steps, bam, the ball is out of his hands. The Bills will have to disrupt that in some way. So the other way to disrupt that is try to maybe disrupt the receivers off the line. Maybe you play a little bit closer. Maybe you do things to make sure that they can't be to their spot when they're supposed to be there. But I don't think blitzing is the way to go here, Matt, because I don't think you'll get home a blitzer considering how quickly they want to get rid of the football. I asked Greg Rousseau for a quarterback that gets the ball out of his hands so fast. What do you do? You know, you're not going to have him holding out of the ball for yep. three or four seconds like Sam Howell was. And he's like, you have to just make it your job to disrupt the quarterback, not even get to the quarterback. So if yep. that means jumping up in the air with your hands in the air to try and block his window or pushing the person in front of you into the next person to try and take him out, like that's what they need to do. They need to do something to disrupt to uh, and to, shake that timing off all of the success right is there's so much stuff that they take advantage of in the middle of the field so for the in the middle of the field so if you're the bills i think you got to try and figure out a game plan of how do we force him to try and throw it outside of the numbers and if you do that then you might be able to have success i think two is really good at a couple things one of them is those short and intermediate throws in the middle of the field that are three-step drop boom you've got somebody open eight-yard gain, or obviously deep shots to both Hill and to Waddle. I think in years past, I would have felt much better about the Bills keeping all of those deep shots in front of them. But now that they're a little bit older, a touch slower, and Hill and Waddle are just so fast, I've seen both of those guys score deep touchdowns against this exact secondary. So that's concerning. But I do like that Trey is healthier and coming off of a game where there's confidence and an interception. Christian Benford looks good. Makes you wonder, do we see, do we see Kyrie Elam at all this week? I don't know. Looked pretty good against Miami a couple times last year. Physical. Maybe this is the week that they bring him out. It, it's just weird to me because I've seen that question turn around. I just don't know Kyrie Elam if you go from not being active to playing significant snaps. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that's a risk. Um, especially like you're not going to start them. 
my colleague on WGR, Joe DiBiase, says, hey, start Kyrie Elam. And I, no. I disagree with that. I don't think you no. start him because you just want to take Christian Benford off the field. You're starting corner. I mean, he's on there because he's there because he's a starting corner. I understand Kyrie Elam has different traits, but you go from active to starting. That's a big deal. However, I don't disagree that maybe there's a role for Kyrie Elam this week that you can have him active for the game. The Bills are also a little bit banged up in the secondary. Not too worried about that. Some guys, especially the safeties, but I think they'll probably get through it and they'll be okay. We'll see where the week goes. But I think the way to do this is maybe what the Patriots did. Speaking of them, you said the Bills and the Patriots are kind of more similar. Well, I think the Bills can do what the Patriots did. They can play three safeties more. They can mm-hmm. put Taylor Rapp on the field. They can keep things in front of them a little more. They can move those guys around. I think that's the way you take a little bit more of the way in the middle of the field is three safety looks and saying, not, it doesn't have to be on first and second down, but especially on third downs, especially on longer downs, second and long. Put a third safety on the field and say, you're just not going to beat us over the top. We're going to make sure we keep everything in front of us. You know what? If you can nickel and dime us down the field, that's fine. Then we're going to make sure you don't score when you get in the red zone. Well, that's the thing, too. If you nickel and dime your way down the field, then you're taking up more time. And you're probably, you know, if you the Bills really are confident in their red zone defense, you like your offense enough that you would say, okay, we'll take that trade off. There's a couple interesting things here. The Miami offensive line at times has been a point of weakness. This season, Mm -hmm. it is not. They're off to an unbelievable start. A lot of, you know, analytics metrics say that they're the best offensive line in football. I think they've given up one sack. The question becomes, how do you approach that? Do you, because if I'm the Bills, if I'm Sean McDermott, they don't, they already don't blitz a lot. I'm not blitzing. I'm just saying we're going to rush four and we're going to make sure that we have somebody else in coverage or an extra safety, or we're doing everything we can to try and muck up the middle of the field and just hoping that our guys can disrupt. Or do you say, well, they're going to find their stuff anyway. Let's send the house. Let's do it more often. I don't think they will. I think they're going to blitz even less frequently than they have, which might be a little bit counterintuitive to hear for some people, but I think they're just going to keep everybody back. They'll rush their four guys, hope that they win their matchups and maybe get to two uh, once or twice. Yeah, I agree with that. And they will blitz once in a while, maybe on a certain timing to a certain play to say, okay, they're not expecting it. I, I think that can happen, but I agree. I mean, the more guys you have in coverage, you know, the more it's going to help you, but then there comes the Dolphins run game, which looks really dynamic as well. And you're going to have to make sure that you're buttoned up there as well. So you kind of have to pick your poison against this team. All right. On the but the Dol- side, but but ahead. the Dolphins run game goes back to nickeling and diming your way down the field. I mean, obviously, you're not going to give up. You don't want to give up a 50 yard run or an sure. 80 yard run or anything crazy like that. But if they are going to run the ball and they're going to take four or five, six yards of carry, I think if you're the Bills. And you give oh, yeah. yourself an opportunity to get down to the red zone and only let them kick a field goal. You you sign up for this is not a game. The Bills d- defense will not shut down the Miami Dolphins. It's just not going to happen. It's limiting the big explosive plays and being opportunistic and trying to keep points off the board. So, you know, a great game right. against Miami is very different than a great game against Washington. A great game against Washington is nine sacks, five takeaways, and three points. A great game against Miami is... 24 points and maybe a takeaway and a couple sacks. It's a very different bar. For sure. Um, The Miami Dolphins run game would be what you want to do and have them. You almost want to invite them to do it, but you better tackle because they also can explode because they're very, very fast. So it's, it's gotta be done. 
overall, you know, you can't just say, you know, make them one dimensional. This is a team that kind of can be two dimensional so far that we've seen run the ball, pass the ball. All right. On the flip side, the Buffalo Bills, they have opportunity here, I think, to score some points. They're going to have to do that. I think they're going to have to basically make sure that Sam Martin continues to be the few, have the fewest amount of punts along with the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins and the Bills have the fewest amount of points in the NFL. And I think that's where the Bills offense has to go this week, too. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. And what I mean by that, Matt, is, of course, maybe one punt in this game, two might be too much. You give If you can't mm-hmm. end drives with scores, um, you're going to be putting yourself at a huge disadvantage, meaning even turnovers, obviously, but you punt the ball away to the Miami Dolphins, that's one extra possession they're going to get. These two punters have only punted five times. We may only see one punt from each team in this game because neither team wants to give the ball to the other team other than kicking it off after a score. One of the things that I asked Josh Allen on Wednesday was, does your mindset have to change knowing what the other offense is capable of doing? And he thought about it for a split second longer than maybe he would for a normal answer. And he said, well, our mindset kind of stays the same because it's always our job to go out there and score points. And that's what we want to do on every possession. But my question is more about if it's fourth and two in a situation that you normally might kick it, or you normally might punt it, do you go for it? Because you know that you're going to be in a track meet. Are you going to be more aggressive on early downs and not just trying to, because that was a really big struggle for the Bills last week, is the early down efficiency. Are you more aggressive? Are you, I don't want to say abandoning the run game, but are you using it more sparingly because you know that Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are your two greatest weapons offensively? I don't know the answer to that, but I think that there is some validity to that thought of, okay, this is a game. Josh, go do your thing. Like You make $258 million. Go do your thing. You are one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You live with the mistakes in a game like this because you might have to, right? Like If you're taking deep shots and you're taking trying to make these junk plays and you make a mistake or two, well, that comes with the territory. So I, I don't know. I, I just think this is a game to... I don't want to say take the handcuffs off because I don't think there have been handcuffs on anybody, but maybe this is the the week to, you know, mm-hmm. let Josh cook. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't disagree. This could be the week where you have to say, and, and he can say all he wants. And I, I don't disagree. You have to take what defense gives you sometimes, but there may be a time where he has to take a shot and a risk where mm-hmm. ball's going to be put in harm's way, but that's where the Josh Allen magic comes from. He did yeah. say earlier in the week too, Aside from when you asked him this on Wednesday, I think it was earlier in the week, maybe post game, 
he did say he have an interesting comment about that where he said he's talked, you know, he's had lots of talks with his coaches about these kinds of things. And he has to know who the quarterback is on the other side. He mentioned that specifically. And I'm thinking, all right, that's a Zach Wilson comment, I think, to me. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we 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 had they, they had Zach Wilson on the other side in week one. And yeah. you gave him the game. You didn't have to do that. It's not Aaron Rodgers, right? There was a difference there how you play that game, right? That's a great example there, what you're talking about, Matt. Yeah. How you played that game that first week. Monday night, if it's Aaron Rodgers the whole game, okay, we can live with some of those chances. If it's Zach Wilson, we can't. Like, we're going to be okay here as long as our defense does the job and you'll give him the ball. Now you're facing two in Miami, so I think it goes back to you got to take some chances because, you know, they're going to probably outscore you. Um, They're going to score a lot of points, I should say, and you can still try to outscore them. Now that said, all that said, isn't there something to be said in this game for maybe playing a little bit of keep away? And using these long drives, the Bills have actually had a really successful job at doing this year, which is mm-hmm. nine plays, 11 plays, eight minutes, nine minutes. That would also be a nice recipe for them as long as they end in touchdowns. In theory, absolutely. But it just makes you wonder how sustainable is it to have those long drives and take all of that time off the clock if you are not effective and efficient on first down. So if they are, then in theory, absolutely. You want to have these 10, 11, 12 play drives that get you down the field and ultimately end in a touchdown. You keep Miami's offense off the field. That's a win in itself. But if you're playing from behind the sticks as much as they were against Washington, I don't know. I know that Miami's defense is really strong at certain places and there's some weaknesses elsewhere. I just, I think they're more opportunistic and better than Washington. I think Washington had a great defensive line and then that kind of stopped. So I don't really think the Bills should be trying to play with fire like that. And that I think is an entirely different game plan philosophy of just on first and second down you have to continuously be aggressive and not try and get the run game to work and just put yourself in third and five, third and six, third and seven, all that stuff. So yeah, no, I think your point is valid, but I think your point is only valid if it's working. And if it doesn't work, then you got to scramble quickly. I think this could be a big Josh run game too, because I think that in this game, like use your legs when you're talking about playing more aggressive, like I, I think this is the game where you do not see Josh slide. You see him trying to extend plays and make things happen. He only ran three times last week. Once he got down, once he got in the end zone, it was very smart. I thought it was the smartest running he's done in a long time. I think he has to be smart again. I don't know about jumping over people, but certainly I do think you're, you're right, though. If it's a third and two, I'd hey, this is when you bust, bust out the Josh Allen design run, right? I mean, I think this mm-hmm. might be the game where you need to do that. Uh, the offensive line did a great job last week against that front four. They did a great Phenomenal. job on Max Crosby. Phenomenal. It looks like, you know, right now it's pretty iffy if Jalen Phillips is going to play. That'd be a big blow for the Miami Dolphins if he doesn't. He's dealing with a couple of different injuries, uh, most notably, uh, most recently, the oblique. So we'll see if he winds up playing. This is a Vic Fangio defense. Um, mm-hmm. Josh actually has had success against Vic Fangio defenses, but he's a terrific defensive coordinator. Um, he'll have something for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that said, one last thing on the offense here. Um, has it, We haven't really seen the, the Dalton Kincaid explosion game, like the breakout game. Um, are you concerned about that? Because it's not that he's played poorly at all or that they're not targeting him. He has, I think, 11 catches now through three games, which is not bad. Um, but do you need to see that at some point or are you good with where it is? Do I need to see it? Yes. Do I think I'll see it soon? Yes. I think that a lot of what the offense has done has been a little bit dictated by the situation of the games. And I don't think they want to show their hands in games where they're up by 28, like they were to the Raiders or games where they were very comfortably ahead, like the commanders. Now the first game of the season, that is not, that should be, 
that should count because that was a very, very serious game and they lost that game and they were fighting for their lives at the end of it. But the offense was junk that week. So I think now that they're a little bit closer to what we've seen in the past, I think we will see a lot of different things this week. I think that means maybe Trent Sherfield is more involved. Maybe Delton Kincaid is running more than five or 10 yards down the field and they will take some shots to him. Gabe Davis has had some success against Miami in the past. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is still your bread and butter. But I think this is a game where you have to get creative. And I think the Bills are going to do things in this game that they have not shown on tape yet because they know their opponent is that much better than anybody else they've played this year. This is far and away the best team that they have played so far this season. So I would like to think that that's going to bring out the best in not only the Bills defense, but also the Bills offense. It should be pristine weather for it. I'm looking 77 to 80 degrees kickoff yeah. time. That kind of stinks. That kind of stinks for the Bills. Because, well, I mean, it's better than 100 degrees last year, Miami. C- certainly, absolutely, no questions asked. I think, I do think though, there is something to be said about. Remember sure. Tua? Tua saying it snows in Alabama, and yeah. he, but he played a good game. On that, it was mid-December, right before Christmas, in the snow globe. The Bills get a win. They were down, I think, 11 points in the fourth quarter. They score the field goal, the touchdown. They come back and win, two-point conversion. So, yeah, no, I think legitimately, like, you like, really. Sure. The Bills, the Bills are a better team in conditions like this. They're a great yes. team when they're indoors. They're a better team when they're outside in weather like this. But I think the gap might be different for the Dolphins and the Bills. Like I think the Bills are probably better equipped to play in that weather. I say that, though, and they were awful against Cincinnati in the playoffs in bad weather. So I guess what the heck do I know? <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Cincinnati, they get their first win of the season, Monday night football against the Rams. Let's take a look around what happened last week, or I should say what's going to happen and take a look forward to week number four in the NFL. All right, Matt. Well, the Miami Dolphins are the only undefeated team remaining in the AFC. I mean, this game in a way could be for the number one seed, depending on what things, what other things have. Of course, whoever wins this game is going to be leading the division, the bills or the Miami Dolphins. Um, I mm-hmm. guess if you tiebreakers, maybe new England could, I guess if they want it Dallas, but um, either way, the, the winner of this game will be there. The AFC is kind of there right now. The AFC is there after what we've seen from Cleveland, whose defense looks phenomenal right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've seen from, you know, Kansas City had a bit of a struggle the first couple of weeks. They lose a game, they win a game. So right now, everything is right there. Let's take a look at some of the games that are going to matter to that. Ravens at Browns, both teams two and one. Ravens mm-hmm. lose at home to the Colts and Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Now, the Ravens were without seven starters in this game, but now they got to go to Cleveland who has yeah. the number one defense in the NFL and not counting points against their own offense on pick sixes. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns are giving up, I think six points a game is what it is. Wow. That's pretty insane. They're they haven't fun. really, pl- they haven't really played anybody yet. That's super talented, but mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away. I would think if you're a bills fan, you're rooting for the Browns in this game because you trust the Ravens more than you trust the Browns even though their defense is great, I think you would want to bury the Ravens just a little bit more. I mean, bury, they would be two and two. If they mm-hmm. lose this game, you could very well be two and two after Sunday, but I think you would be more concerned about playing catch up to the Ravens than playing catch up to the Browns, because even though their defense looks great, 
Deshaun Watson does not. He looked a little bit better week three than he has in weeks past. He also, in week three, legitimately threw a pass backwards directly behind him in like the Matt Sims special play of the Detroit preseason game. So if that's the guy you're chasing, I like your chances of chasing that team. That is a Sunday one o'clock game. Before that happens, Mm -hmm. we have London this week. Now the Bills are in London next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh yeah, it starts this week. Jags actually play play a London game this week leading up to it. They take on the Atlanta Falcons and who would have thought Atlanta would have the better record going into this game in week three than Jacksonville, Atlanta, two and one Jacksonville, one and two. And then Jacksonville stays the week and plays the bills next week in London. This is a philosophy question. Do you think there's anything to be said about following up? Would you rather play a team after a win or after a loss? Because obviously from an AFC standing standpoint, you want Atlanta to win. You want the Jags to fall to what would they mm-hmm. be at that point? They would be one and three. That'd be a pretty big hole. But playing the Jags after a loss in London where they stay the week, you might unleash something in them. I, I don't <laughs> right. know. I, I don't sure. know. I don't know the answer. You certainly want well, the Jags. You certainly want the Jags to lose. I think that's right. I, I there's I no question. Generally, generally you'd rather play a team, I think, coming off a win. You don't want to like a, a yeah. team that's really got its I, I'll give you a great example in college. Syracuse hosts Clemson this week. Syracuse is 4-0. Mm-hmm. I was hoping Clemson would beat Florida State. I do not want Clemson coming to the Dome off a loss. Now they are, though. Yeah. They lost in overtime, right? And they're like, yeah. oh, okay, now they're going to be – they really need to win this game, get back on track. They're going to be a little more focused. You know, coaches are going to uh, put it to them a little harder this week, whatever it is. So I, I think those standings-wise, you still want the Atlanta Falcons to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. The interesting thing to me about that game is can Jacksonville find its way because they've just been so disjointed on offense, and it's just mm-hmm. – and I know that they're playing a little bit better in some of the numbers. You know, the scoring doesn't really reflect maybe what they've done. They've looked been a little better. Had a couple of touchdowns called back where they played better than what that showed in Kansas City. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's the the question about this game for me. I know this game means nothing to anybody at the AFC, but maybe the two worst teams in the league right now are playing. They're both zero and three. The Broncos and Bears on Sunday. How about that one? It will be incredible that one of those teams will have a win. Unless yes. what would be the most incredible is that if they tie. Right. If they tie <laughs> and they're both oh one and three, that would be hysterical. The Broncos are, I think, gonna win this game. I think you just had 70 points put up on you. Like you're going to be your defense is going to play significantly better than they did. And things are going to go from Tua to Justin Fields. Like you should be able to go make some plays on that. And I don't think the Broncos offense is a disaster. It's not good, but it's not as bad as Chicago has been. So yeah, no, I, but at the same time, you just always root for the NFC. If it's an AFC NFC game. So yeah, you should want the Brown or the, excuse me, the bears to win that game for sure. We just talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars and not looking as good as people have thought. One of the reasons, one of the games they played last week against the Houston Texans, 37 points. The Texans put on the Jags mm-hmm. Texans host the Pittsburgh Steelers. CJ Stroud looks pretty good. He was 20 of 30 for 280 and two touchdowns last week. I give the Texans a chance here to beat Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh does not have a dynamic offense. I think this is a game where I wouldn't be. In fact, did I read the Texans are favored in this game? They might be. They might be. I don't think it would be off base. Steelers, great defense. Their offense hasn't done it for me. 
I've watched a lot of the Steelers the first couple weeks. You know, they had the game on Monday Night Football. They had the game on Sunday Night Football. So they've been accessible with not playing when the Bills are playing. So I've had a chance to see them. And each time I've just been like, wow, this team is pretty lackluster offensively. I keep asking myself, why don't they just throw deep shots to George Pickens? And for some reason, (laughs) they don't do that nearly as much. So I don't know. I'm not impressed with Kenny Pickett. I'm more impressed with C.J. Stroud so far. It's in Houston. Yeah. Hey, maybe the young kid can pull off. I don't want to say the upset, but a a tougher game and really, you know, kind of change the perception around that team, at least for the next little bit here. All right. Let me at least clarify. So the Steelers are actually favored. They're favored by two and a half. It was three. It went down. Maybe that's what I saw that it was moving towards Houston. Steelers are favored. But that said, you know, I do a thing called three dog Thursday every Thursday on WGR. Maybe I'll take the Houston Texans to cover that spread on three dog Thursday because, uh, that is going to be, I think, a game where the Houston Texans coming off a nice win can be at least very competitive, maybe even win. The Rams are at the Colts. What you saw from the Colts, a win. They're two and one now. The, Matt, the Indianapolis Colts are on top of the AFC South at two. And I know. One. I know. That's crazy. I, I don't know what the Rams are because I watched that game against the Bengals the other yeah. day and they just looked so meh. I just was anticipating more from them. I mean, if the Colts win and they're three and one, and if the Jags lose and they're one and three, did you ever see that happening? Like that's the thing that Amazing. goes back to not not to go back to Jacksonville. If the Jags lose this week, the Jags are fighting for their playoff lives next week against the Bills. Like legitimately, yep. you fall to one and four. I would like to think that you've got probably not no shot, but pretty close to no shot. So it's just a really I literally thought the Jags could be the one seed in the AFC mm-hmm. because oh, of you the and division. Peter King because predicted them to be the one. You're you're not alone. I didn't think they would be. I thought they could be. So right. there's a little bit of a difference there. But man, that I did not see it going like this. I think the Buccaneers were kind of exposed as a bit of frauds last week. Uh, mm-hmm. They were two and zero, but they did not look good against the Eagles. Now they go to the Saints. I think the Saints are and the Saints are getting Alvin Kamara back. I believe this week. Um, I think the Saints should take care of the Buccaneers at home. And then you have the Commanders and Eagles. Commanders, we saw them last week against the Bills. They're two and one. They go to the Eagles. Eagles are three and oh, but it doesn't look doesn't feel like they're as great and explosive, but yet they're still getting the job done. Isn't it funny that nobody really seems to be concerned about the Eagles? Everybody's like, Oh yeah, yeah. tough. Eagles three and oh. Like, I don't see that about some of the other teams. You know, the Chiefs lose a game and everybody's like, are the Chiefs done? The Bills start the season with a stinker. And now the Eagles are 3-0. and Those two teams that I just mentioned have a loss. So it's certainly different. But they have not looked like the absolute dominant force that is the Eagles right now that we saw last year. I still think they're a very good team, but I think San Francisco's better right now than the Eagles are. And I think of the contenders in the NFC, I would say they're the second behind San Francisco. I would have maybe said Dallas is in front of them too, but obviously they lose until until last week. Did you, um, have you ever, I doubt you've looked at the Eagles schedule. They're going to be six and oh, and then it gets, and then it gets real for them though. It's way different. Uh So they have coming up commanders, Rams, jets. They're going to be three, six and oh, then they have the dolphins. Then the commanders again, then they have Cowboys, chiefs, bills, 49ers, Cowboys. Wow. So it's kind yeah. of like it's kind of like the Bills schedule, just the NFC version of it, where it starts yeah. a little bit easier and then it just becomes an absolute gauntlet down the road. So yeah, I mean, I, I still think the Eagles are really good. I still think the Eagles are going to be a playoff team and probably play in the NFC championship. It just has not been as smooth of a ride the first three weeks, maybe as some people anticipated. 
Bengals at Titans. After seeing Joe Burrow Monday night mm-hmm. um, and look a little better, I'm still not convinced that he's you know he's not 100. That's for sure. Certainly, I don't know. I I they're better than the Titans, but this could be a, a game. I think the Titans might win, mm-hmm. which is nuts. I would have never mm-hmm. said that three weeks ago. Tannehill doesn't look but good, though. Tannehill doesn't look good, but that defense is okay. Well, so is the Bengals. The Bengals defense looks good, too. I think that's going to be a pretty close game. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not impressed with either of those teams. Obviously, though, from a Bills standpoint, you'd love the Titans to win that game because it would bury the Bengals that much more than they already are. Only three, four o'clock window games on Sunday. Two of them involve AFC teams, Raiders at Chargers. I mean, the Chargers can't get out of their own way, but they better be able to beat the Raiders, right? I they're mean, that's what Justin gonna, Herbert did last week. I think Justin Herbert crap out of them. 50 against that team. Yeah, they're going to demolish them. I think so, too. Patriots at Cowboys. Any chance for the Patriots after what you saw, the Cowboys, the, the, the egg that they laid against the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I actually think the Patriots cover in this game, which is, I think, a bit of a weird take. But for some reason, this just feels like one of those games where the Patriots hang around, the Cowboys coming off the game to the Cardinals. I think they'll be in their own heads a little bit. I still think they'll win. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, the Patriots are one of, like, the Patriots don't get blown out. Really, well, except for the wild card game in Buffalo a couple years ago. But (laughs) other, other than that, there are very few times when that team gets blown out. They're always kind of just hanging around. It's what they did against Miami a few weeks ago where they fall behind and then they close the gap and it's like, oh, maybe they're going to actually win. And then they don't. I think it's going to be one of those games where the Cowboys get out to a lead. Then all of a sudden, it's the same thing they did too against the Eagles. They fall behind huge, the Eagles week one. We're all in New York watching at sports bars and stuff, getting ready for the Bills to play the next day. And you're like, oh, the Eagles are up big early. The Patriots stink. And then all of a sudden, they've got a chance to win at the end of the game. I think that's just kind of what the Patriots do. So I think they're going to do something like that again, where they don't win, but they lose a close game. Cardinals, though, aren't going to be able to do it twice in a row. They go to the 49ers this week. No, They can't do this twice in a row, can they? No, I think the 49ers are yeah. very legit. Very yeah. legit. I think the Me 49ers too. might be the best team in football. 49ers, I would say, are one of two or three teams in the conversation for best team in football. Yeah, I mean, you know, they didn't <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I mean 30 to they've scored by the way, they've scored 30 points in every game. 30 to 7, 30 to 23, 30 to 12. They didn't look great against the Rams, 30 to 23. Teams are gonna have games like that. We'll see. It's a tough long season. Sunday night, while the nation is focused on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, uh, the Chiefs are going to be at the Jets, and the Mm -hmm. Jets have a lot of struggles going on at quarterback right now. Zach Wilson, they brought in Trevor Simeon. At some point, he'll probably be the starter for that team. Um, It's just it's a road to nowhere right now for the New York Jets once again this year, but Bills fans are going to hope that that defense can rise up and play tough enough against Patrick Mahomes to at least allow for a low-scoring win. Yeah, sure. It's just not going to happen. The Chiefs are going to the Chiefs are going to win and the Chiefs are going to win pretty comfortably cuz for some reason the only good team in this league that struggles against Zach Wilson is the Buffalo Bills. And I don't get it. <laughs> Feels like every other team can go in there and just dominate them. But for some reason Zach Wilson has the Bills number and I don't get it. Finally, the week wraps up with the Seahawks at the Giants. Um Boy, the Giants just have not looked good. They cannot protect Daniel Jones, and Brian Dable's no. trying to figure it out over there. Yeah, it's a tough job. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if Saquon's going to play. It feels right. like they just don't have a ton of other options as far as offensive weapons. 
Darren Waller was supposed to make a big difference. He's been inconsistent so far. Jalen Hyatt, Isaiah Hodgins, like you've got guys, but not guys who I think are super comfortable taking over a game. And then when you look on the other sideline, you've got a team that's got DK Metcalf. You've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. You've got Tyler Lockett. Like that's a team that's got weapons. So yeah, even though they're on the road, give me the uh, Seahawks in that game. All right, Matt. Well, the Bills are back on the practice field on Thursday at 1230, Friday Mm -hmm. for their final tune-up of the week. And then Sunday, the... Miami Dolphins come to town. It is Miami week here in Buffalo. It's going to be a, were, a fun one. Were you at all surprised by the line? You know, we were just talking about like the Steelers and, the um, and like some of the different lines. Were you surprised? So I, it's opened bills two and a half. And I think at some places it has been bet to bills three. Interesting. I'm not surprised the bills are favored by two and a half. I think they're saying like, Hey, the home's going to matter a little bit. Yeah. The bills do have, and maybe, I, I guess I would have thought maybe a pick them or a one point. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would have been surprised if Miami was favored. Look, one thing I want to point out is as much as we talk about the Dolphins and their incredible offense, the Bills defense itself, if you don't count the special teams touchdown that the Jets scored, because we didn't do that for the Browns, 29 defense points. Has given up 10 points a game. Yeah. I mean, I they're legit. And 11, 11.5 or 6, I think, if you even count that touchdown. But the point is, that's why the Bills mm-hmm. are favored in this game, because they do have a legitimate defense. They are playing at home. And, you know, you could probably you could definitely justify that they would play a close enough game to give them maybe that edge. I think it's a coin flip. I think it's a tough game. I think if both teams play to the caliber that they're capable of playing, I think the Bills win. But I think if the Dolphins can come in here and just attack the Bills with the speed they have, then they're going to win the game. I don't know what's going to happen. It's super hard to predict exactly how we think this is going to play out. I think the Dolphins have the one thing that is the most dynamic in the entire game, and it's their offense. So if you said, okay, let's break it down this way. I think the most dynamic thing is their offense, and the least is their defense. And then I think two and three are the Bills. So it's how would you rather have your team built? With a really, really great offense and a defense where there's a couple more questions? Or would you rather have your team built kind of overall like the Bills have with a really good defense and an offense that is capable of taking over a game? We haven't seen yeah, it yet. So I want to remind you that the Bills offense is number two in scoring in the league behind only the Miami Dolphins. Sure. But it's weird, right? It's like one of those things where the numbers are a bit inflated because you have a pick six from AJ Epinesa that elevates you a little bit. You've really stunk against the only good defense that you played. I, I'm not saying the Bills offense is not good. I'm just saying, I think well, they're nice saying about the Dolphins numbers are inflated because they scored 70. They scored 24 the last, the previous week. Yeah, but they scored 70. Uh, like, if, no, I know. If you I, take get it. A, I just, I don't think we can take away the, where that counts. This doesn't count. It's all counts. No, it all counts. But if you take away all of that stuff for the Dolphins, they still score like 54. And the Bills score 30. So it's a different. I'm just saying, I think my I think of all of the areas of football right now, the Dolphins offense is more dynamic than the Bills offense. 100% it is. 100%. Yeah. But I, I think the Bills defense. Credit to the Bills offense for how good they are. I'm still concerned about the offense. Like, In I what just, way? Like, what are you concerned st- about exactly? They stink on first down. Yep, I agree. That has been a struggle. Like, And that, to me against this team could be a recipe for disaster. Sure. Sure. It, it, look, I'm not saying they're perfect. I just think that when it, it's like, look at this Miami Dolphins offense, it's amazing. 45 points a game. Yep. Guess I, what? Those are 30 points a game. Number two in the league. For sure. I, I don't like, I, I think that this is a very, very close game. 
I think if the Bills offense is clicking, they win this game. But I don't know yet if I'm super confident in the Bills offense. I don't know if they've showed me enough to say, because I think it's very circumstantial. I think, yeah, the offense has looked good, but they also only had 16 points going into late, into middle of the fourth quarter against the Commanders. And then same thing, the Raiders game was kind of a blowout and they had some unbelievable field position in the game. I think the Bills offense is capable of going toe-to-toe with any team in the league. But so far, somebody asked the question for the last post-game podcast we did, and they said, can we stop saying the Bills offense is, I think they said like, what what was the terminology? They basically explosive. said like, explosive. Yeah, can we stop saying the Bills offense is explosive? Well, they haven't been that explosive this year. But they're capable of it. So that's kind of the thing. I think Josh I think they're doing what they need to do each game to try and win the game. That's the point. Which, Yes, and if they're going to keep that trend, then I think this needs to be a week where their offense really becomes explosive and shows us what they are capable of doing because that will not work against this team. You cannot, I think, you know, have 16 points going into the fourth quarter and say like, okay, well, our defense is going to make some big plays and we'll be opportunistic. Like, I think if that happens, you're not winning the game. Can it work in this game to keep the ball though see if you keep the ball on the ground away from Tua and the Dolphins mm-hmm. offense yeah. and it is you don't score explosive plays or a ton of points yeah but you're holding the ball and still maximizing your possessions that can work too sure again I just I, I'm so impressed with the Miami offense there's going to be people who watch this and listen to this and they're going to be like, Matt is so negative. And he is, I've already had people reach out to me this weekend from channel seven. And they're like, you sound like the bills are going to lose. And I'm like, no, I sound like somebody who doesn't exactly know what's going to happen, but I'm not overly confident the bills are going to win. I, I I genuinely think the bills are going to win, but I'm not super confident in that. There's nothing wrong with that. I I mean, that's why, again, they're, I mean, the game is pretty much very even, you know, yeah. in, in Vegas. I agree with you. I, I think there's, we're not, I think we get caught up in all these incredible things Miami's doing, which they are. They just mm-hmm. are, deserve all that credit. And I just want to point out, like, the Bills also have the second highest scoring team in the league, only mm-hmm. behind them. Yeah, I know. But no matter how they do it, it counts. You're right. You're, you're right. I just, I don't, I trust Miami's offense because of Mike McDaniel more than I trust the Bills offense right now. I certainly trust Mike McDaniel more than I trust Ken Dorsey, at least right now. I also trust Josh Allen more than Tua. So you trust in defense more? The Bills, for sure. But like I said, I think there might be a little bit of a gap there. That's how much more I trust the Dolphins offense to go put out points. But if you told me right now, it's Thursday morning. If you told me the Bills are going to score 31 points, I would say, okay, I think they're going to win. But if you say, okay, the Bills are going to score 24 then I think they lose. The margin for error is that small because the opponent is that good. And these teams play close games. Even when the gap felt like it was a little bigger, these teams play close games. I mean, they won by three against Skylar Thompson. They won by three against Tua in the snow game. And then they lost by three in a game where Tua left the game because he was injured and then comes back and they still lost. So these teams play close games. It's going to be a close. We talked about this at Bill's practice on Wednesday. I don't think this is a blowout either way. None, neither of these teams do that. It's going to be a close game. Margin for error is that much smaller in these kind of games. Maybe one of the long snappers will have a say in it. The two brothers, <laughs> Reed Ferguson and Blake Ferguson. Maybe that'll be come down to that. They make a big play. Hey, look at that. 
All right. Do you, re- do you remember yeah. the uh, you remember the game, the last one in 2016 that the Dolphins won? Do you remember that on Christmas Eve at of all? Of course, yeah, yeah. In fact, was- in fact, believe it or not, I just rewatched a bunch of it the other night because I was thinking about it. I how far this team has come <laughs> since having ten players. I don't on the know field. if you, people remember, but in overtime, people talk about the ten men on the field, which is right. It was late. The Bills in overtime had the first possession and they were like in the red zone and they didn't even score a point. Would they miss a field goal or how'd that happen? No, they, they got down. Maybe it was a 25. It was right around there. 25, 20. They were moving the ball. Touchdown wins the game. And they ran it like an end around and lost 10 yards. And then they got sacked. Oh my gosh. Do you remember? Uh, well, you watched the game, but it was Jay Ajay, right? Who yes. just like ran all over them in that game. Yeah. And then the big run in overtime. And that's when we realized there was 10 guys in the field. And then Rex Ryan didn't have a job shortly after that. Times have changed for sure. Bills, Dolphins, though. That, uh, that's back again, folks. It's Miami week. Thanks for listening. iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, and of course, on YouTube, at Sal Sports on the YouTube channel. All right, Matt, enjoy the game. Enjoy the weather. It's Miami week, buddy. I'm just going to say this so nobody hates me. Bills 31, Dolphins 30. Good night. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you make up for it?